0: Thanks again for joining me in this episode, I'm going to give an update on some of the tools I've been using to stay productive. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 106. And let's just get right into it. I have talked about this topic before Uh, In past episodes, given lists of of various digital tools and so on. And I actually have my digital toolbox available on the website. If you check the resources page, there are links and uh, descriptions of some of the tools that I use to stay productive but somebody suggested that it was time for an update and i realized i hadn't really talked about it very much recently and so i thought i would give you that update uh, some of the tools have stayed the same and i'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that but there are some new ones as always i have to start out by you know the caveat that i am a mac person i love my apple tools i could not operate without my Mac, first of all, and my iPhone and my iPad and the way they talk to each other and work together so that I can access all my relevant stuff no matter where I am. That being said, I do use a Windows-based PC at the law office, and so I am familiar with that. And most, if not all of the tools that I'm going to talk about on this episode work on all platforms. So I'm trying to, to not, uh, spend any time or much time talking about things that are only available for Mac. So Getting started. I'm going to start with some familiar tools. And these are kind of, I've got two categories that I'm going to talk about today in general. Just tools that I use in my everyday life. And then I have, I'm going to share a separate list or a short list of some tools that I use in connection with the productive woman, the, the, podcast side of it the business side of it and that and so on. In general and sorry for those of you that have heard this from me before but I always have to start by saying, you know, two tools that I absolutely can't live without in just everyday life. First one being Evernote, which is where I save all it's my it's my external brain. I save all kinds of things in Evernote. Um, I have a list of ideas for podcast episodes. So when you write to me or you post something on the Facebook page or in the group with an idea for a a podcast topic, I put it in here so that I don't lose it. And I have one place I can go to to look for these. When I just have an idea from an article I've read or something, I save it in there. Uh, I save receipts for supplies and things that I get. When I get the receipt online, I have a way you can... There are various ways you can get information into Evernote. You can... Uh, forward it to a special email address they give you. You can. They have a web clipper, a little extension for your browser that you just click on that and it saves it, but um number of different ways. But I save receipts in there. I save licenses and so on for software that I buy, the, the license number, the registration number that you need to activate it. I save that in there. Articles that I find that I'm going to use for reference materials or just that I find interesting really just about everything that uh, digital that I might need access to, or that I might want to refer to manuals for equipment are in there. Um, You can scan, I have a scan snap scanner that I, if I get paper that uh, I want to be able to refer to later, instead of putting in a file cabinet, I scan it and I save it into Evernote. So it's all in there. And there are lots of ways you can sort and um, categorize things in Evernote. It can be as simple or as complex as you want it to be. You can set up folders, what they call notebooks. But in my head, I think of them as folders. Or you can just tag things and you can things can have multiple tags. And so I tend to rely on tagging to make it easy for me to sort things. So for instance, every receipt for income or expenses this year gets tagged 2016 taxes, uh, among other things, probably gets tagged with receipts. It might get tagged with TPW if it's related to the productive woman. It might get tagged law if it's related to my law practice. But, you know, different tags, But the 2016 taxes tag means that at the end of the year, when it comes time to gather the backup for our taxes, I can click on the tag, the 2016 taxes tag, and it will, Evernote will literally within seconds pull every one of those form uh, up for me in a list. And you can actually in Evernote, select all of those and click a button and it will create a, like a table of contents for all of those that just lists all of them and they're all linked. So I have a one page list of all the receipts and I can click on any one of them to go to that receipt. So it's really helpful uh, and Evernote search function is just amazing. Anything I put in there, tagged or not, I, it, it does whole word searching and it, it's just really amazing. Like I said, Evernote is my external brain and that's where I save all sorts of resource materials, reference materials, and things I'm going to need to look at and refer to again. There are alternatives for those. Um, OneNote, which is a Microsoft product. I've been playing with that some because it's uh, available on all platforms. And I, I really like some of the features of OneNote and Apple's Notes app that just comes with um, Macs and iOS devices. Is, has It used to not be very good. It's gotten way better and I'm starting to, to use that some, but I still pretty much rely heavily on Evernote. There is a free version. It's limited in Uh, how many devices you can use it with. I have paid for the last several years for the, um, you know, for the pro version of Evernote. It gives me more storage space and more features that I, and it's worth every penny. I forget how much it is, but you can check at Evernote.com to see that. I really didn't mean to spend that much time on it. Uh, Second one is Dropbox. And Dropbox is where I store working documents. And uh, also as a side thing, many of the apps that I use do their syncing uh, through Dropbox. But for me, where Evernote is my digital storage or my digital archive, Dropbox is uh, equivalent to my digital working file cabinet. That's where documents that I am working on or are going, am going to need to work on get saved, you know, documents in word version or that sort of thing that I might want to type in and make changes to. So I have folders with forms that I use for my law practice. I have folders with photographs, um, that I use for different things. There's a whole, uh, there's a folder in there, that, um, uh, for the productive woman where I save the audio files and the images that I create, uh, you know, that I use to, to illustrate the episodes, uh, and all those kinds of things go in there. What, what I love about Dropbox is it really is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. Any device, uh, computer device, uh, mobile device, anything, any place that you want to get to your stuff, your documents, you're going to find it there. And it, you it's so easy to share documents or whole folders with other people. And so for instance, the going back to the productive woman, I saved the audio files in a folder in there. The people who do the editing and help me with the show notes, I've shared, that folder is shared with them so they can get in it, pull it out, do what they need to do and 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 put it back in there. When I'm ready to publish it, it's all there. So that's a great thing about Dropbox is the ability to share the files that you have in there with other people in a pretty secure way. And you can also share Evernote files and folders as well, but I don't do that as often because it's more of an archive for me. Alternatives to Dropbox might be Google Drive and iCloud, which is the Apple version of all of that. Again, they give you places where you can save documents that maybe you're writing a letter, you start writing it on your iPad. And you decide later, uh, you know, you finish it up, you've saved it in Dropbox and you pick it up later when you're on your computer at the office. It's that kind of thing that lets you wherever you are, do your work. So uh, Evernote and Dropbox are kind of the old standbys that I've used for a long time. Uh, The next couple that I'm going to talk about also are apps that I've mentioned before, uh, one of them, and maybe I should talk about should have talked about this first because I think it's so important. Um, but for me, LastPass. LastPass is a a password manager, and I use it for creating impossible to break passwords and storing them securely. And it is. Um, such a I, I, I seriously recommend that everybody use some sort of password manager. Like I said, for me, it's LastPass But if I say i want I get a a new bank account and I want to do online banking, um, rather than using the same you know five character password that I've used for every other uh, online account that I have, I want to create a really secure password for that bank account so that people, hackers can't get at it, um, you know, and, and my information is kept safe and secure because our banks may set up these all these great uh, security systems. But if we use a, a weak password, like the word password, which is the most commonly used one, please, if you're using the word password as your password for any online account, pause this podcast, go online and change your password to something else right now. I'll wait. Okay, did you do it? Awesome. All right, let's continue. Um, But what I do, rather than trying to come up with a password that I can remember, which the easier it is for me to remember, the more likely it is a hacker could figure it out. I can click a button on pass or on LastPass and it will create some just obnoxious password for that account with you know that doesn't mean anything to anybody and nobody's ever it can be as long as I want it to be. You can adjust the settings in LastPass. And so LastPass will create that password, it will save that account in its vault, and then Going forward, once I've set the account up with the bank, uh, whenever I go to log into that bank account, I don't have to remember the password because LastPass remembers it. It's an extension in the browser and it just logs me in automatically. So la- the only password I have to remember is my password for LastPass. And that one, you know, I'll do it. I'll talk another time about creating passwords for that sort of thing. But it's really uh, such a useful tool because I have so many online accounts and I I use a different password for every one of them. And I don't know any of them. They're all saved in LastPass. Another great alternative for that password manager is one called 1Password, the number one in the word password altogether. An- another great option for password manager. And there are others, and we'll talk about that some other time. But seriously, if you're not using a password manager and you're just using one of your kids' names for the password on all your accounts, You need to change that before something terrible happens. Next one on my list of sort of general tools, digital tools that I use is TripIt. And this is a website service, website and a mobile app that I use for managing all my travel information, airline reservations, hotel, rental car, meetings that I'm attending and all of that. Um, it does some amazing things. There is a free version, I believe, but I use TripIt Pro because I use it so much. And what you can do with once you've set up your TripIt account online um, with a secure password, right, <laughs> Um you can when i get my just recently uh, my husband made reservations for the two of us we're we're going on a trip to guatemala and he sent me the the thing from american airlines with our reservation all i had to do was forward that reservation uh, that email to the trip it email address and it's the same for everybody so how they know that it goes i guess they key it up to uh, my email address, but I forward it to plans at tripit.com and it plugs it into my account, sets it up with the start time and the, the, you know, when we leave, when we return the flight number, everything's in there. Uh, and if uh, when he get we get the um, hotel reservation, I can do the same thing. Forward that email on to TripIt, and it plugs it in. It knows because it look it parses that email, sees what the dates of the trip are. It knows oh this goes with that airline reservation, plugs it in there, and I've got an itinerary in there for the trip with all the information I need uh, you know, reservation numbers, everything. It's just really awesome. And the other thing that TripIt can do is at least with the TripIt pro version that I've, I've used this for like five years. Um, it will alert you if your flight changes, your departure time changes, if there's a delay, uh, if there are better seats available, uh, it can alert you to various things. And there's an app on my f- phone for this. And so it all comes through that, and you can set it up to send you text messages or emails or whatever. And I, I'm not sure how they do it, but I have often had it happen that I'm sitting at the gate at the airport, and I get an alert from TripIt that my gate has changed for the flight I'm about to take, and that alert comes before the one from the airline or before it shows up on the board there at the gate. I don't know how they do it. I think it's magic. I'm not sure, but um, I like I said, I've used TripIt for ages. Highly recommend it if you do any kind of traveling. It's just a really cool tool to use. The next one I wanted to talk about, and I, I don't think I have talked about this one before, but it's my Amazon Prime membership. Um, I have been a Prime member since they started this program years and years ago. I forget how many years, but it's been quite a few. And um, at that time, the only thing you got for your annual fee was free two-day shipping. And I had to really think about it because, well, do I order enough stuff to say that I'm going to save enough money on the shipping to make it worth the annual fee. And I think at the time it was like $79 a year or something like that. Well, I I did it and I have never looked back. I've used it constantly and they keep adding to what you get for as an Amazon Prime member. You still get free two-day shipping on almost everything they sell on Amazon.com. Um, but they also give you so much more, including tons of free free streaming movies, TV shows, and music, and lots more uh, rental books or, or free you know books that you can read, borrow, and then un- undo if you use the Kindle. Um, and I I I don't know I buy almost everything from Amazon and I have it delivered to me free within two two days, sometimes less. I mean they actually have like. Uh, same day delivery, two hour delivery. They're always upping their game on the services that they offer. I don't remember now what the membership is. I want to say it might be $99 a year, uh, worth every penny. I mean, I've bought everything from pens to television sets to computer monitors to microphones and, and of course books, lots and lots and lots and lots of books. Um, you know gifts for people uh, all kinds of things so it has been well worth it to me over the years uh, to to pay for this Amazon Prime membership it has paid for itself many many times over another tool that i really like and i have only been using this i think this year so just a few months but it's a service called freedom and it's it's an app that plugs it, you know, you download it onto your computer and it basically lets you, lets me block my access to uh sites that distract me. So I can, and you can, it's very customizable. So I can, if I need to really focus, and I, you know, I'm just like you. I can get sidetracked in Facebook for hours you know, and I go online to look for something and some alert pops up and the next thing I know I'm, who knows where I am. It's hours later and I haven't, don't have my work done. So, you know, confession time here, I I do that too. Freedom stops me from doing that. And you can set it up to completely block you, block the internet or block just social media uh, websites or whatever, however you want to set it up. And it works on all platforms, including mobile devices. So it's a very useful tool um, to keep you focused on the work you need to do when you're sitting at your computer. And I'll put a link in the show notes uh, that where you can get this, but you can just go to, if you go to the productivewoman.com freedom app, uh, that's uh, an affiliate link. I think I get like an extra month if you sign up for freedom through that link, but it's certainly worth checking out. And I really like it. Another one I have talked about before is called Focus at Will. And you can find that at theproductivewoman.com slash focus at will. And this is a, as I've talked about before, I use this literally every day at my law office. It's, I open it up in a browser on my work computer and it plays music or sounds depending on, it has a variety of, um, playlists that you can choose from depending on your brain style. And we talked a couple episodes ago about the differences between introverts and extroverts and focus at will is the, the playlists that they play are, they're a mixture of music, of art and science because they're really based in the science of how our brains work. So the playlist for somebody who is, um, uh, say, has a attention deficit, or maybe even it's just, you know, you've got that extrovert personality where you need more stimulation, you might choose one of those playlists that's a little more upbeat, a little more, uh, maybe rhythmically complex, or whatever it is they do to kind of occupy your brain and give you that extra stimulation that you need to stay focused on what you are. Whereas somebody with a, a non attention deficit brain, Uh, The playlists for that are more, I I, I don't want to say soothing, but they're just scientifically designed to kind of occupy that piece of your brain that might otherwise get distracted so your conscious mind can stay very focused on the work you're doing. Uh, they, They have a page on the website that explains the science behind it. All I know is it works. I put this stuff on when I really need to be hunkered down getting work done at the office, And, you know, there are classical music channels. There are some that are just like ambient sounds and stuff, Uh, but whichever one I, you know, I've used different ones and they just help me stay focused. I want to talk a little bit about Text Expander. Um, This is an app, this, uh, and I'm happy to be able to add this to an all platform um, platform discussion now because it used to be Mac only. Text Expander is an app that lets you create snippets is what they call them. They're little abbreviations, a few characters that will, when you type them in, expand into longer pieces of text, saving you tons of typing and tons of time. And, um, so for instance, if I type T T -t 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 E L. It pops my my uh, mobile phone number in. If I if I type K T E L, it ty- it pops my whole office phone number. Um, same thing for the my fax number, for different email addresses, everything from those little short things all the way to long, you know, several paragraphs of text that I. Uh, use for emails that I send regularly or for a document that I need to create regularly. Anything that you type more than once or twice, you can create a little snippet for, save it in Text Expander, and it just does its little magic to expand it and make it longer. I mean, they can do really complex things, even uh, with drop-down options. If you send an email that maybe there are some variations of a product you're going to talk about or a person you're going to mention, you can create a little drop-down box that you pick which one it's about for this time before it expands. I know I'm not articulating that very well, but it's, uh, I definitely recommend that you check out the text expander website. It's at smile. They're created by smile software. They're not a sponsor or anything. I just love, love the app. Um, uh, we have had Maya Olson from smile was a guest on the show a few months ago, but, um, uh, it, it, nevertheless, I I've used Text Expander for ages. I was so excited when earlier this year they uh, released the beta for it to to work on Windows based PCs because up until then I have lots of things that I type over and over again for work, whether in emails or documents, and I couldn't use any of my snippets there because it didn't it only worked on Mac. Now it's working on Windows based PCs. I seriously literally did a a little happy dance. I was laughing out loud. I was so happy when it was uh, installed on my computer at the law office. So definitely check out Text Expander if you do a lot of typing. And the last one in this kind of general category is a a little extension for the Chrome browser and it's called Speed Dial 2. And I think you find the information about that at speeddial2.com. Uh, Like I said, it's an extension, a little plugin for the Chrome browser, which is the browser I use most of the time. And what it does is it creates a page and you can customize how it looks, but with a button for every website that you visit frequently it, it, it basically takes those bookmarks and creates a little button. You can just tap on to get into it. So I have, let me look here. I have on my speed dial page and you can categorize, but I mean, I have, uh, I have a, you know, a button there for Facebook and for my different email accounts for Dropbox, for Twitter, for the productive woman website. Um, for uh, my personal website uh, and for Amazon, (laughs) uh, because I go there often, for Apple, for the uh, websites that I use to create the graphics that I use. I have buttons there um, for American Airlines and TripIt and just tons of them. So any website that you visit frequently Uh, in speed dial two, you can create a little button for that, that kind of lays them out. You can move them around and order them the way you want to. And it just, it's one of those things that just saves you time. You don't have to type in the URL or anything else. Um, it's just there on a page and just works really, really well. So that's, that's the last of the tools that, and I've been using that for a long time. I just never thought to share it with you before. Uh, then I have a, just a handful of tools that I use mostly on a business side. And I, I'm realizing now we're running a little longer than I wanted to. So I'll kind of run through these real quick because uh, you may not be a business person that needs particular apps, Um But most of these, if not all of them, would be excellent, not just for like a full-time business, but also if you've got a part-time side business, a freelance thing that you do, or if you run a charity group or a parent-teacher organization or a sports club or anything like this, um, uh, any of these could be useful tools for somebody who does that sort of thing. And so like I said, just a handful of things. I am uh, loving Google Docs these days. Uh, I have always used either Word. I have to I don't love Word, but I have to use it for my law practice because that's what my clients use, or the pages app, um, pages uh, the Apple suite of of document creation apps. But I recently started using Google Docs, and I, I'm really loving it for, I use, I'm i using it for things like uh, podcast episode outlines, tracking charts for the Mastermind, Productive Woman Mastermind meetings, anything I need to collaborate with somebody else on. What's so amazing about Google Docs is they have, you know, the features you'd expect. There's a word processor one called... Uh, Docs. There's uh, Sheets, which is their version of a spreadsheet like um, Excel. There is, uh, they have a version of um, like if you do PowerPoint presentations, Google Docs has a version of that. And I forget what else. They've got a couple of others. But what's so amazing about them is how well they let you collaborate with other people. So for instance, say you are the chairperson of a charity committee and you are trying to track donations for your silent auction and you you've got other people on the committee that are gathering them. You could go into Google Docs, use go to the Sheets tab and create a spreadsheet in there or a chart in the docs that um, that lists all the, say, all the businesses and people that you're approaching for donations for your silent auction. List them all in there. You can put who on the committee is responsible for contacting them. And then you could all be in that document on your own home computers or wherever. There are apps for your mobile phones. All at the same time, typing in, okay, you know, Susie got a donation from these guys and she's typing in what they committed to and uh, when they have to pick it up or whatever. At the same time, she happens to be in there, you know, Amanda's in there typing in the stuff about what she, her, whoever she's responsible for. And you'll be able to see each other typing, but it doesn't like crash anything. And that's the way all the Google Docs work—that you can have multiple people in there. I co-host another podcast with a, a horse person I know, um, and uh, we use we're using Google Docs for the outline for the show, and he can be in there typing at the same time I'm in there um, adding notes and stuff. It's just a really cool feature, so definitely check that out. Another tool that I like a lot is Typeform. T y p e F O R M. This is a, a website that lets you create really awesome, good-looking online surveys and, and questionnaires and things like that. I use it for the online application for the Productivity Mastermind group. So if you've applied for um, for the Productive Woman Mastermind, the application was created in type form. I um, have also used it to create online feedback forms for listeners and for mastermind members. So there's lots of uses for that. Uh, I recently started using FreshBooks for managing invoicing and so on for the masterminds. And I really love how simple it makes to create and track invoices, collect payment online, can generate reports for um, income and expenses uh, that, that will be important for tax time and that sort of thing. Fair notice, uh, FreshBooks was a sponsor of the show for a few episodes, but I love it and use it even though they're not a current sponsor. And I highly recommend it. I'm using uh, the trial version. I forget what the costs are, but if you have a business where you need to track income and create invoices and stuff, I, I recommend FreshBooks. Another business tool that I absolutely love is zoom and you find that at zoom.us this is a video conferencing platform um, this is where I do we do the mastermind meetings where I do one-on-one coaching sessions I have had strategy sessions there with uh, some other people where that we're, I'm working with to put together an online productivity summit. I love its features. We're running longer than I wanted to. So I'm not going to go into too, too much detail, but basically it's a video conference. You can have as many people in there as you want. You can all see each other. Uh, you can share your screen. There's a chat room on the side where you can be typing questions and suggestions and links and stuff as you have the conversation. Uh, it records the sessions, you can have it do that automatically, or you can manually, you know, click to record your sessions in there. So if you are, uh, you know, have you, if you've recently joined the productive woman mastermind that's going to be starting in the fall, y- you'll find out that you're going to be able to, there will be a recording of our meeting. So if you want to watch it again later, uh, to remind yourself of what we talked about, or, you know, if you happen to have to miss a meeting, there'll be a recording of it so you can still watch and give feedback. Uh, it, it just has so many great features. They have a free version that you can try out. And I, I tried that at first to see how I liked it. Um, and it allows unlimited participants. But if you can have one-on-one co- video conversations in Zoom at no charge, if you have more than two people, it limits the call to 40 minutes. But uh, if you want to have regular meetings, if you have a business or whatever that you think this is going to be something you'd use more often, you can pay a monthly or annual fee to have unlimited participants and a ton of other great features. So that's Zoom. And I really, really like that. Um, I'm going to just real quick. I use something called Social Jukebox for scheduling tweets uh, that I want to put put into Twitter. And so if you have reason to do something like that, where you need to, you know, tweet out reminders about things, and you want to do it on a scheduled basis, I found Social Jukebox really easy to use. They recently added the capability to, to do Facebook and LinkedIn posts, but I haven't tried that yet. It's real easy to use, lets you schedule the post for whenever you want to and set it up the way you like to. And so that's called Social Jukebox. I use MailChimp for my mailing list manager. Um, And again, if you've got a a club or a group or something or a small business where you need want to be able to have a mailing list, emailing list and uh, send things out, I recommend MailChimp. It's real simple to set up newsletter or mailing uh, templates and you can cr- uh, create different subgroups out of your mailing list and let and the subscribers can kind of choose which groups they want to be part of. So for instance, for the productive woman, I've started doing a newsletter, I'm going to do maybe once a month, maybe twice a month. Uh but then I also have most people that sign up, you get the the an email when a new podcast episode is published. But if you subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, maybe you don't want to get the email also telling you the new episodes published, but you still might want to get the, this newsletter, you can do that. And finally, the last tool I wanted to share just because I put this in the business side, but this could totally be fun for just personal use. And that's Adobe's Spark Post. This is an uh, Adobe app. It's online, it's a website, and it's totally free. And it lets you, lets me, for instance, I use it to create, for the most part, the images that I use for social media notices of, of podcast episodes. And it lets you very easily create it in, say, the perfect size for Facebook. Get, you know, put the text on it you want. You They have a bunch of images that will automatically, uh, you you can pick from or you can, Uh, upload your own, put whatever text on it you want. And then once you have it the way you want it and you save that, then you can duplicate it and resize it to be the right size for Pinterest or for Twitter or for Instagram or, or, you know, any number of other things, just literally click a button and it resizes it. Maybe you want to move the text around a little bit or something, but it's so fast, so easy. They, they have, it's an Adobe product. So they're really good at uh, graphic design kinds of things. Um, And so they have themes and color schemes that you can, uh, that they kind of create for you. You can customize it the way you want to, but for somebody like me, who's kind of are artistically challenged. Uh, Adobe Spark Post makes it totally easy to create really nice looking images very, very quickly, all Perfectly sized for whatever social media channels I want to use it on. So, again, you could I, I, try that out if you like artsy things and you like to post things on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. I highly recommend you check out Adobe Spark Post. I'll put a link in the show notes for this. Um, and uh, did I mention that it's free? There's no charge for this. I don't know why they're not charging. Maybe I'm, I'm, I live in terror that at some point they're going to decide it's time to start charging. And I'll probably. I, well I, I, I shouldn't say this I'm saying it quietly I'll probably pay for it because it's a really really good service. So those are the tools as I sat down and thought about what should I share what what am I using a lot these days um, Maybe there's something in there that you'll find useful. I'd love to hear what you think uh, Are there tools for something that I mentioned do you use a different tool that you really like? would love to hear what those are. I'm I am not a big fan of changing things all the time, changing tools all the time. But if I'm always looking for things that w- maybe work better and make my life easier, help me to be more productive in the sense of getting the things done that I need to do so I can spend my time, energy and attention on the things that matter. And I'd love to hear your suggestions and your ideas as well. You can share those publicly so the other listeners can get the benefit of it by going to the, uh, the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 106 and scroll down to the comment section, or you can post a comment or a question on the Facebook page or the group, which I'll talk about in a second. If you want to share uh, your comments with me, your thoughts with me privately, you can email those questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. Uh, or you can leave a voice message by clicking the button on the website or the Facebook page. And let me just say, I've had a couple people who've, who've emailed me and have said, I, I kind of didn't want to do this because I didn't want to bother you. I, let me just say this, y'all. I love hearing from you and I answer every email that comes in. If I'm crazy busy at the office or traveling, it may take me a couple of days, but I'm the one reading them and I'm happy to hear from you. So don't hesitate because you think I'm too busy or you don't want to bug me. I, the whole reason I do this podcast is for you. And, uh, you know, hearing from you makes my day. So please don't hesitate. Um, if you haven't already done so, please do join me and the other ladies in the new Productive Woman Community Facebook group. This is a private group where we can meet up and interact more directly. Uh, it's it's a closed group. in the, So uh, people, you know, I don't know, trolling through Facebook can see it, but they can't see what we're posting. Uh, only the people who are members of the group can see what's being posted. And this is a place where we can Uh, ask questions, share information and insights. If you, you know, an article that you found really helpful, a quote that is, is encouraging you to be more productive. Uh, I I have been, it's a relatively new group, but we have new people, new women joining every day. It's only for women. Sorry, guys, it's nothing personal. Uh, But this is, this is for just the women who are uh, in the audience here. And uh, I've already just been so delighted to see how women are popping in there with a question about how to stay. There was a great conversation just just yesterday uh, with somebody had a question about how to stay productive at work when you're, you know, when you're upset about something. And before I could even get there to weigh in, other women in the group were responding with suggestions and encouragement and questions. And I, that, I just, it just made my day when I saw that in there. That that's the whole reason I started this podcast in the first place was to be able to create a community where we can support and encourage each other. So if you haven't, um, already joined us, maybe you've got a tool that you want to suggest, that's the p- perfect place to do it. So come find us um, in, on Facebook. If you go to theproductivewoman.com slash group, that will take you to the group and you can click on the join button. And as soon as I see it and make sure you're real and not a bot or a, you know, a guy or <laughs> trolling to get in there or something, um, I will let you in and be happy to see you and talk with you there. So do that make sure if you haven't left a review in iTunes, consider doing that. That's all I'm going to say about that. It really helps other people find the show. And the last thing is if you are looking for encouragement, motivation, accountability, and achieving your goals and moving forward in a life that matters, something more than we can do online in the Facebook group, consider joining the next session of the productive woman mastermind groups. I have to say, I'm really, um, thrilled and happy, but kind of sad to say the fall 2016 groups are full and they'll start meeting uh, the week this episode actually is published. The the first meetings will be happening of the fall groups, but new groups will start right after the first of the year. Right now I have a full-time law practice, so I can only open up a limited number of spaces each quarter because I intentionally keep the groups very small and i can only do two or three groups a quarter uh, because we meet every week for 12 weeks i have this day job plus i can i could make the groups bigger but i feel like i wouldn't be able to give you the experience of the group that i want you to have the personal time and attention that you're going to get so if you want to participate and you but you missed out for the fall 2016 You can get to the top of the list for the next round by applying now. So if you go to theproductivewoman.com slash mastermind, you'll see more information about the mastermind groups, and you'll also find a link for the short online application. Go ahead and apply. Email me if you have questions at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. But if you apply now and can't fit you into a group, you'll be at the top of the list for the next round. That, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you again for spending this time with me. I hope you felt like it was worthwhile. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.